Hello, this is Fight Back, a podcast by the Healthcare Consumer Rights Foundation. I'm Steve Poisner, healthcare consumer advocate, founder, and executive director. Our nonprofit's mission is to help you navigate the complex healthcare system and understand your legal rights, options, and opportunities when you encounter problems and obstacles. We want to empower you with the information you need to fight back and get the best possible care. Our special guests, experts in their field of healthcare and medicine, provide you with an informative, interesting, and life-changing education on a variety of healthcare topics important to you and your loved ones. In our new Fight Back mini-cast series, we take you through the highlights and great educational information from our most popular podcast topics in our very large library. Let's get started. What is an advanced healthcare directive? Well, an advanced healthcare directive is basically an umbrella term uh, for anything that you want your future medical team to know what you do want and what you don't want if you get too sick to make your own decisions. And what is the difference between an advanced healthcare directive versus a living will versus a healthcare proxy? Sure. So basically, an advanced healthcare directive is going to encompass both. So a living will is something that tries to anticipate what might happen in the future and prescribe what you do want and don't want for treatments uh, before you get there. Uh, so it kind of tells your doctor and your nurses. Uh, what you do want, what you don't want. Uh, what an advanced uh, healthcare directive that's uh, a healthcare proxy or a healthcare agent actually puts someone else uh, in your shoes. Because in both of these cases, you're going to be incapacitated. You may be unconscious. You may not um, be able to respond or have capacity, as they say, uh, to make decisions. And so one has a piece of paper that makes your decisions for you, and the other one lets a kind of a living, breathing human being uh, stay in your shoes and make that decision. Uh, Ashton, is it one or the other? Uh, can you have an advanced healthcare directive where you specify your preferences, but you also have a healthcare proxy that makes the decisions? You can. These things kind of exist on a spectrum. Uh, so the most extreme version of a living will would kind of have almost no uh, uh, discretion for the proxy. And then the other, uh, on the other end of the spectrum, you'd have complete discretion uh, for the person you've appointed to make your healthcare decisions. And then within that, you can have um, things that you absolutely don't want under any circumstances, um, and that would limit uh, your healthcare proxy. Um, so it's really up to the person what they want. Um, but you know, personally, and in, in the group I work with, we think that the better way to go is to leave as much uh, flexibility uh, in your advanced care directive as you possibly can for your healthcare proxy, because it doesn't take any options off the table uh, before you get to that point. What does the law say in California about who uh, gets to make the decision? Well, in California, if you're in a bad fix, um, we have, like a lot of states, a feudal care law, which really gives the doctor, the attending physician, a lot of discretion on the amount of care that you get um, because they're trying to minimize um, expenditures on, on uh, treatments and courses of action that are going to cost a lot but have little or no benefit, at least in their opinion. And when I say opinion, it's it's all in how you read the, read the statistics. Um, there could be some studies out there that show that this particular intervention or this particular surgery and, and this kind of trauma uh, is only going to result in benefit for 5% of the people. Well, 
I mean, you might be on the 95% of that divide, but you might be on the 5% of that divide. Um, when I was in law school, a classmate of mine's wife had a horrible brain hemorrhage and would have died. But the UCLA doctor who was in charge decided to basically go with a 5% possibility, and he was right. And what was kind of chilling was afterwards, they did a, an after-action you know, ethics review, and every other doctor um, that reviewed it said they would have made the, the choice not to have the surgery because of the 95% um, failure rate, if you will. Um, and yet for this guy and his family, his wife, they've had a couple of kids and um, otherwise living a pretty good life. Very thankful to have her, of course. So, you know, if you don't have something in place, then you're really at the mercy of other people. And it may not even be necessarily, um, you know, the nurse daughter versus the distraught father. Um, it may be someone you've never even met before in an ER room making a life and death decision. And so you want to be as protected as you can be with a proxy uh, with no limitations, frankly, so that at least none written down um, so that they can be your advocate. And that's really what we find is important in all these states, uh, California included, is people need to pick a proxy that's willing to be an advocate for them, a little bit of a bulldog uh, in the sense of standing up for your rights, uh, because you just don't know the situation you're going to encounter. It sounds like, Ashton, it's really critically important to do this early what, when you're not in a crisis situation. And it, uh, do you recommend this for everybody who's an adult or, or do, do most people wait till they get a little bit older? I think the temptation is to wait till you get older. You know, estate plans are often seen as old people or retirement issues. Um, but really anybody with a good job and, uh, and kids, or at least a wife or, or kids, needs to be thinking about this stuff. I mean, one of the first things I remember being told by a colleague when I got my first real you know, kind of career type job was, hey, congratulations, you need to get term life insurance in case you die on a plane tomorrow. And it was right. a sobering uh, wake up call for me. But he walked me through why that was the case. He said, how much would it cost to replace you uh, if you've got these little kids running around? How much would it cost to replace your wife? And so that, you know, and then what if you both went down in a plane and, you know, somebody else had to raise your kids? If you guys thought about guardianship issues, I mean, it was, it was pretty heady stuff when you're, you know, mid to, mid to late twenties thinking about, you know, how, you, what you could do to plan for other people. And I think that the healthcare um, side of it, it's, it's just as important. I mean, anybody, any of us can get into a car wreck tomorrow, have traumatic brain injury. Any of us could, you know, be in a situation where it's, it's pretty, you're on the dividing line between living or being an organ donor, right? I mean, so those are just, there's just a lot of questions you want to be able to talk about. And I would, what, what I do tell people when this comes up is I think it's important only to select and educate your one or two proxies, you know, a primary and a backup, but also your family and friends, uh, because it can happen that people only tell their proxy what they want. And then the family often is under a very different assumption uh, for whatever reason about the different things mom or dad or brother or sister would want. And that's where it creates a lot of dissension. And I have told people several times to try to have individual conversations or small group conversations so that everybody knows who the proxies are and what the person would, would want, you know, kind of get back to that framework idea in given situations so that hopefully uh, it minimizes the amount of discord that you're having in the waiting room when the proxies happen to make a big decision and there's not competing claims on who's really the person to, to be doing this. I want to thank you for listening to today's Fight Back minicast. 
You can listen to the full podcast on this topic or check out additional podcasts by going to our website at www.healthcareconsumerrights.org. We also welcome your input and stories that we can use on future podcasts. This is Steve Poisner, and this is Fight Back, a podcast by the Healthcare Consumer Rights Foundation. Thanks for listening. I look forward to our next podcast. Talk with you soon.